I know the police cause you trouble. They cause trouble everywhere. But when you die and go to heaven, you'll find no policeman there. Greetings everyone. Today's episode is going to be on this serious topic of police brutality. Joining me is Comrade Dilip. Let us have it. Comrade Dilip, could you please give us an overview of some of these incidents? Right. So I think let's start with the one which has uh, happened recently in Tamil Nadu in India. Uh, in a place called Satankulam, where um, uh, what actually happened was there was a uh, mobile uh, cell phone shop owner, Benix, and the police apparently at the guise of, in the guise of enforcing lockdown restrictions, violently asked him to shut his shop down, and he resisted, and he, and he just uh, spoke a couple of words again, saying that it's not even time or uh, uh, something similar. Why don't you go to the other shops and ask them first? So he just, yeah, kind of dissented, and then they, immediately the police decided that it's too much that some uh, some uh, uh, random guy could actually dissent against them. So they took him into the uh, police station. They started beating him up. Uh, at which point, his uh, father was also informed that uh, uh, Benix has been taken to uh, the uh, police station, and then he also rushed to the police station to save uh, safeguard his son, and. Um, and gruesome details have emerged from what has happened during the time in which they were taken into the custody. They were brutally beaten and they were so profusely, uh, anally bleeding uh, that their family had to give them almost five lungis to, you know, change up because uh, all the lungis that they have given were, were soaked in blood. And that is the kind of uh, brutality that was meted out to them. They were stripped naked and they were beaten up so brutally. And the uh, magistrate who was supposed to actually see them in person and see their condition, they didn't even uh, care or bother about it. So, like, uh, they were uh, uh, they, uh, they were transferred from Chhatankulam to Kovilpatti. Uh, and the, uh, the uh, uh, doctor who worked in the uh, GH, she also said that they actually mildly fell down, so uh, not a biggie. So, uh, that also contributed to uh, their their fate and all these things kind of put together actually uh, proved to be fatal. So both uh, Benix and uh, his uh, father Jairaj are with us no more due to this uh, one of the really the harshest uh, brutality that uh, happened in Satan Kulam. But uh, uh, the sub-inspector, uh, sub-inspectors and the inspector who took part in this uh, gruesome torture were not really uh, new to this uh, torture. Of course, this is not the first time that they have done it. There are, so, there are uh, numerous allegations against them. The, one, one allegation comes from a pastor who said that they uh, just uh, the sub-inspector started brutally beating him up because he just went to the station and he stood there and they didn't even listen to their complaints or uh, whatever. And they have all, there is also another very serious complaint about a murder of a, a, a person named Mahendran uh, his brother was uh, charged in uh, another case, uh, and since they couldn't find his brother, they actually uh, arrested and took Mahendran into the custody, and then they beat him pretty brutally as well, and Mahendran is uh, uh, sustained to his injuries as well. So uh, this has actually, uh, to an extent, uh, shook the conscience uh, of uh, of the country, and then we see a lot of 
a lot of people who have raised their voices against uh, this particular incident of brutality, but I'm sure uh, Comrade also wants to talk about the other police brutality in connection to this and then to, then to move on to talk about police as an uh, institution in itself. Yes, uh, Comrade Dilip. Actually, to our audience, we are not trying to shock you with like graphic depictions of police brutality. But you got to know what's been happening around the world before we go on to the more systemic analysis aspect of it. Let us yeah. talk about what exactly is happening in America since the end of last May or the George Floyd protests, because this is a pretty important topic and we as a podcast have not really discussed this yet. So on May 26, uh, an, uh, a black man, uh, George Floyd, is arrested by a Minneapolis Police Department uh, cop, Derek Chauvin. I am not going to even bother going into whether the arrest was legitimate, illegitimate, what was it about, that is completely irrelevant. The point is that this policeman puts his knee on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes while three other cops look. Needless to say, George Floyd dies. It is a plain and simple issue of murder, but it is not treated as murder. It still hasn't been treated as murder. It's like the police has the consequence after a lot of protests have been that the policeman involved has been arrested for manslaughter, not, not murder, which is a much weaker charge. But again, that is not the point. The point is that the systemic nature of these murders that has happened uh, in America for decades and I'm not going to go into there have been a lot of uh, previous incidents I could go into and each of them as ridiculous as brutal right so you have the Brianna Taylor incident for example where the police rushes into some random person's house which has nothing to do with the case they were investigating and the people inside the house think they are robbers entering so, uh, like, the boyfriend shoots a gun in self-defense and the police in return shoot 20 bullets into the woman, keep shooting into her when she's obviously dead, and then uh, throw an attempt to murder charge on the boyfriend who shot in self-defense. Uh, there have been another case, I don't remember the name, where a policewoman goes into somebody's house she was obviously drunk or, uh, or like whatever because she says that she thought it was her house. She goes into somebody else's house thinking it was her house and shoots the man dead who was in that house. Uh, but I'm not going to go into graphic details of these crimes which the police do in America. And I mean, in India, of course, we know that these brutality is very common. But one little... Uh, tidbit it shows on to like why even when like whole of that country America is protesting on the streets why is this such big an issue because they have been protesting on the streets against police brutality and within those protests while the protests have been going on there have been more hundred more than 600 recorded cases of of police brutality Wikipedia says that there are more than 
780 videos which have evidence of separate incidents of police doing brutality on the protesters which are protesting against police brutality like there are certain very bad cases like there was a case which i remember in which a policeman literally uh, uh, rides his horse over some uh, person there, there is a case in which a when in which a sitting politician like uh, i don't know how many of our audience knows american politics but like an analog would be an mla in india so like a state senator a state senator is assaulted in front of everybody because he took part in the protest and is brutally assaulted and thrown into the lockup uh, like i said 700 600 cases of filmed police brutality god knows how many non filmed police brutality incidents happened there just in the space of these protests which have been going on for two months let us also talk a little more about india i don't know if you guys know but recently more students uh, who are who were young muslim voices during the protests against the canrc more of them have been arrested again the charges don't come in certain cases even the arrest warrant uh, is not there there is no arrest warrant it's just uh, in some night the police would come and they would arrest you without a warrant and and you know sometimes they would just uh, uh, like uh, Uh, as it is said the 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 accusation is not even the point right the accusation follows the arrest uh, uh, in the most recent case Sh- uh, sharjil usmani has been picked up last night uh, there there is again uh, no uh, no warrant no arrest memo etc before that we also need to remember that uh, a long time has passed and the sort of brutality which has happened to people in jail people on uapa charges i mean for all our lives we knew people were arrested in the hundreds in uapa charges people from all the margins of society uh, generally dalits generally communists generally people who have been fighting for oppress but like after some famous cases happened after even like dr anand teltunde who was a very famous academic and uh, whose work actually we have cited in the podcast before even he was arrested and he is languishing in jail so there is a whole system of police brutality there we will not go into the judicial aspect of it we will not go into who is in charge of the indian state but the point is the the institution of policing itself is a violent institution and 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 we are going to try to prove in our podcast episode that it's an institution which you really cannot reform that these things we have been talking about are not individual cases of corruption individual cases of harassment individual cases of uh, you know random violence but rather the systemic way in which policing happens in india and all around the world comrade dilip what do you have to say about that yeah so i think whenever you give a bunch of guys in the society a gun and ask them to protect or serve it's going to create a, a bunch of uh, issues uh, along with it and the hierarchy and the power that is imbibed in, into such institutions is always going to be reflected uh, uh, back so 
uh, what is a part of a society is also going to be a part of an institution and vice versa right so if we are a casteist racist and sexist society that's also going to be reflected upon all the institutions and some institutions are even founded on the basis of uh, these uh, structures and uh, police and in to a large extent how law functions is to actually safeguard uh, property right so the essence of um essence of police in a capitalist system is to enforce property laws is to make sure that the existing hierarchies are preserved in some form or the other but one thing that i want to add in addition to this systemic aspects is that how much we 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 kind of uh, forget that these things are systemic and how we react on a issue to issue basis so a lot of people even in uh, tamil nadu has been uh, really has really outraged at what has happened to you know uh, uh, benix and uh, his father jairaj but if you actually think about it the police brutality has been the norm uh, in india as as well as in tamil nadu and then there has been lot of uh, numerous incidents in the past and the outrage has been far less or almost no outrage has been there and the why of it is worth looking into because you know this is a state this is a society which celebrated encounter killings of alleged uh, rapists you know the, the the man wasn't even tried the, the, there was no not even charges filed against him but the police just committed cold blooded murder and then people started celebrating and then you know exchanging sweets because they felt that the justice has been served so the notion of justice that we have is a pretty regressive one and that is what is getting you know um, uh, implemented in the streets as well as in our daily lives as well what we think as justice so all these encounter killings in the past and then like we have also kids who were you know, celebrating birthday or something and then the police managed to break the arm of every single one of them and then jokingly said that they they slipped in the bathroom as if it was fun and then the society was like pretty much yeah these are rogue elements and uh, i hope that their uh, you know uh, arms are broken so why the, the thing is that you we are okay at this point of time to completely forget justice and to say that even without trying even without you know having some sort of trial or charge we are okay to murder somebody just because they are suspected to be a rapist but then like if you are at that point i don't know when we will actually you know evolve to a point even if somebody is a rapist even if somebody is a you know pathological serial killer the state has no right to actually take his life or to torture him or to physically harm him or her you know like to to go from here to there is it, it, it really requires a deep change in consciousness to to say that then it i don't know how much difference does it make or what difference do we have with with the with with the uh with the evil that we allegedly so despise you know if you actually have the bits and pieces of violence inside you and that that is getting reflected often and uh, it, there is not really much difference yeah if you if you get to think about it if you are okay with killing somebody in uh, you know uh, in a cold blooded way not even in self defense because you think that is justice uh, you have to take a deep look into the mirror and see if you are actually seeing some sort of difference between you and the evil that you actually despise every form of hierarchy that you impose every form of little violence that you, you know uh, we have done in the past these are all you know uh, the collectively these violence put together 
are uh, getting institutionalized and are getting normalized in uh, daily uh, circumstances as well. Before talking about systemic violence or uh, systemic violence that is embedded in the institution, I think it's equally important to talk about where our consciousness is at, where the public consciousness is at, at this present point of time, and how much of violence we are completely okay with when it is done to people we allegedly actually despise. And if you if you don't change your consciousness and say that this is wrong, even if it is committed to people who we despise, and if you don't stand up or if you don't say that it is unjust to uh, do uh, something violent to people you despise, then you don't have any right to actually say that it is unjust to do to people who are actually innocent. And if you don't stand for your own principles or justice at the most extremely testing of circumstances, then of course it will never be applied to even the most normal of circumstances. I think this is a very important point because uh, like the podcast being a materialist podcast, um, you know, we need to engage with this idea that uh, police is basically the armed wing of the state and the state has a class characteristic. And thus, right now, the police violence is capitalist violence and in a socialist state, the violence would be different. I don't think that that idea holds rigorously. It doesn't hold because, like you said, Comrade Dilip, giving a certain amount of people, a small section of society, a monopoly of violence has an ideological effect of its own. Then then you know it's not like that and 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 most of police violence in indian society actually is not about uh, protecting capitalist interests though a large part of it is like a large part of it is about terrorizing workers but also a large part about it is the ability to do terror with Im- immunity which which grants them a certain power and prestige in society that is not going to change if the class characteristics of society change even if you have a government which is controlled by workers, if there are only a few people who have the monopoly on violence, those people are going to use that monopoly of violence. Now, to to give more flesh to the idea that, hence, this has to be a principled fight where you can't be, you know, where you can't, like, uh, be okay with people being subjected to brutality whom you might not care about, who are not innocent protesters or street or innocent students in colleges, but like more shady characters. Like I, I, I remember like this very simple incident. Apparently some gangster in Uttar Pradesh and who knows if this person is a gangster, right? Again, there is really no reason to trust Indian police on anything. And there is enough historical evidence that that statement was not a sentimental one. It's a very pragmatic, logical, you know, one backed by evidence. But there is some person in Uttar Pradesh who was called a gangster by the police and he was arrested and when he was arrested uh, he was being driven uh, like the pol- like here is what the ani says about it uh, by the way ani as everybody knows is has a certain bent of reporting news and if you like follow political news you would know what that bent is police van broke down while xyz was being brought to kanpur he took advantage of the situation snatched pistol from our policeman fired at the men and tried to escape our personnel retaliated during which XYZ got killed. Like this is almost from a bad Hindi movie film, right? Like this script has been used so many times it's boring. The point is that yes, a large percentage of Indian population was okay with 
these extrajudicial killings, these random acts of violence being done to people they did not care for, and hence now that violence is all uh, has all, and of course that violence has always been done on people. People did not care for people on the margins. It has been done on Dalits. It has been done on Adivasi. It has been done on communists. It has been done on activists. Now they are being done more systematically on the people who are more mainstream students of fairly elite universities, etc. So. So, Comrade Dilip, do you think what is like the systemic solution? Can this be reformed? If not, then we need to abolish it. How do we abolish it? Can we have that conversation? Yeah, I think this is really a difficult part of the conversation. But before going into this conversation, I just want to add one thing to what you have said and what I have been thinking about um, for the past few days. the idea that few people have i think i wouldn't say a lot of people have this idea but i think this is very popular in some circles that police or like state in some sense is a modern institution and when we have like a feudal and caste structures uh, that we have in india um, uh, forever the modern institution even though albeit of all its flaws it can actually be a solution in itself uh, to the Uh, you know to to um to all the uh, issues that we have in the feudal caste structure i think it's getting the issue upside down because in my opinion to to say that the police are a modern institution is pretty much a lie because if you take any sort of caste such at least in tamil nadu there has not been a single caste that has not been aided or abetted by the police directly or the police act have actually initiated it or they have stood by it or they have actually you know uh, engineered few riots as well and every time when you see atrocities on dalits and atrocities on uh, you know the workers the peasants and so on and so forth the governments have made sure that the police is put into place to you know there has been numerous instances i can go on and on with the yes yes comrade dilip dilip but the variation to that argument is that that is happening because we live in a capitalist society and uh, violence on workers hence is what the government wants and when we will have a socialist system uh, then the police will not act like that like that is what the argument in so like at least that is what the more evolved form of what you are saying is not that policing itself is a modern institution and hence a uh, barrier against like non state violence of caste etc but that a better state will have a better police or something like that so do you have a comment on that it's not true <laughs> i think like we can delude ourselves to think that you know like in a socialist uh, society when we give such sort of hierarchical power that the police will actually act on the behalf of workers or on the behalf of the the downtrodden and so on and so forth but i don't think it is true and i think it's it's pretty easy to actually see the evidence of the same as well we have police brutalities in uh, or lock up deaths or custodial deaths or torture and so on and so forth in the left ruled uh, states as well they are not an exception and dmk for all its uh, progressive uh, uh, posturing they have also been actively in uh, you know uh, involved in in uh, using the police and uh, the less that is said about admk it's better because they are actually 
masters in using police to brutalize the uh, population so even within the uh, small pockets of examples we have it is simply uh, not true that's just that's just taking the facts on the face of it but even if you move away from the fact that if you want to construct a utopian system where you have a socialist uh, state all around and then imagine creating police as an institution and then hoping that um you know the it doesn't end up being uh, a brutal uh, power structure i think that that's a fantasy that a lot yeah, of yeah that uh, is a fantasy and and this is something hope. that needs to be stated that uh, the uh, the nkvd in the soviet russia was as brutal and in a lot more ways more brutal as an organization on workers than the okharna was in zarist times the okharna was the zarist secret police and the nkvd was the soviet secret police both pretty brutal on workers on dissidents on intellectuals on anybody and and it didn't matter if you were a good communist and if you are a good party worker whatever if you are a good cadre uh you yeah it didn't matter if you got caught up in a factional fight if you got fo- caught up in anything if even the idea that you know you are not towing the line and even if you are if you are towing the line and the line suddenly changes which often happens with you know uh, such states yeah so this idea that in socialist systems it would be any better for the average worker if the institution of police stays is just plain wrong by historical evidence and by uh, our ability to reason but again like i said if not police then what how do you abolish it and what do you replace by it i think that's the conversation we need to get into yeah i think like there i think it's very difficult conversation so to just to begin with i think this is a larger conversation to be had but to be perfectly honest we we live in a system where uh, we are where we are right so we are living in a capitalist uh, to a certain extent liberal democracy and then police is used for all the purposes that we are stated about so to get to justice at least for the uh, you know immediately for what has happened in the past and how to uh, so I, in general this is how i think uh, if you are going to be a thinker or if you are going to say something it's also important for you not to just say the solution but also to say how we go from where we are to where we should go so i think there is a lot of steps that needs to be hopped on to before we actually go to a place where we can Uh, abolish police uh, as it is as we uh, as we see now so initially uh, uh, police reforms judicial reforms higher accountability and then uh, br- brutally ensuring through the uh, state mechanisms that we have to take away uh, the uh, huge uh, swath of uh, you know uh, arbitrary violent past that is invested with the police these are the steps that need to be done uh, uh, for now and then i think to go from here to uh, abolishing police uh, it's going to um, it's going to take a lot of different shapes depending on the geography that we are in so in us the large task is about uh, defunding the police right so to to, to actually go from uh, completely uh, you know like to take away the funds from the police and to invest in their communities and to invest largely in education to invest in mental health to invest in uh, you know uh, counseling so on and so forth and they do have a huge present industrial complex as well which is fun uh, extremely on a uh, corporatist basis where the hope is that they have kind of slave labor in present and they could extract as much as they can 
through these uh, slave labor and they have incarcerated a massive amount of uh, uh, black youth as well so th these things uh, by defunding by reforming uh, the um, the uh, incarceration system they can actually uh, get closer to uh, what can be called as abolition of police whereas in india and in other societies it's going to be different it's not going to be the funding that is has to be tackled straight on so you have to push at the state government level for abolition and that would require i guess at one hand it would require a political platform which is like uh, which wants to cut drastic amounts of powers from police now the question is that will such a political platform be popular and if not is it possible to make it popular because that is one direction at least i have been uh, trying to think about that how to like politicize this question how to make the question of the police a question which political parties start to talk about because otherwise i don't see a way of tackling this uh, or starving it out in the american sense of the word yeah well the, the thing is this is truly an important question but the thing is all the existing parties and i'm making no exceptions here all the existing parties when they govern police is a very useful arm for so many different purposes for them right yes so true. it is it is such a game that they play that they they control every transfer of every dgp they they want to have an idea of every si yes. and police they kind of and and it is often as much as a question of you know like safeguarding their capital interests as well as safeguarding their own caste interests as well and this is true for uh, tamil nadu this is true for every single other state uh, i would say so to to have a sort of change from you know to go towards abolition of police is also going towards you know either reform within the existing party structures or we are talking about entirely new uh, uh, new party structures as well either some parties can move towards I, I would say that there are parties which are capable of slightly moving towards not if not outright abolition of uh, a large curbing of power. I think it is within. Uh, I think like credit to few of the left parties and even some some of the other parties can actually be moved or nudged in this direction. Not saying that they have done uh, amazing things with the police in the past, but I think nudging them towards that step is possible. But to go full abolition or, or to say that. to completely dilute the police powers that we have presently it would be to require completely a reimagining of the politics as we uh, as we as we see it or um, as we have now yeah but to, how to get to that politics okay some people don't like political parties um uh, the more anarchic bent of people uh, they would say a mass movement is a mass movement possible against if not for abolition at least against police brutality you have seen the reactions to uh, to the thutkudi uh, murders you have uh, by the way like again in that murder it has been i think two years how many years has it been comrade dilip since the thutkudi murders oh uh, it's almost uh, a bit more than a year i guess i i'm not yeah. sure when actually uh, so uh, from what i know happened. still this point there have been no no nope. individual nope. accusation against nope. any name right like no. somehow people died people were shot but somehow nobody did it okay uh, yeah. leaving that aside my point is that after such brutal incidents in tamil nadu 
are is there like a possibility of a mass movement against police brutality i think that the 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 uh, essential question to ask there is that people are outraged uh, during what happened in chutugarin people are outraged during what happened in satankulam but this hasn't been converted into a conversation a larger conversation against police as an institution in general i mean there are yes. pockets of people who are talking about it but then it's always focused on a on a singular incident that extra why police has done this it's not all yes. the police but just this particular police has, despite of the fact like every single day we have new custodial uh, torture cases every single day we have new sort of violence that has been uh, unleashed upon the uh, population but never has been has this been transformed into a conversation about police as an institution in large and i think we before we even go into talking about abolition of police and so on and so forth we have to take a closer look at where the conversation actually stands now it's still right. at a point where people are saying that you know these are bad cops and i have seen comments a lot of comments on social media platforms and even under famous web pages of magazines where they say that if you have done the same thing that you inflicted on jairaj and venix on let's say like a rapist you would have applauded you you just did it on an innocent guy that's the problem so the consciousness stays where the public consciousness is at a point that police violence is acceptable under certain circumstances So I guess what I, I guess what you are saying is that the political task for people like us, for people who do want abolition, is to work on the masses and their conception of uh, legitimate violence, their conception of what is a because till the masses are okay with this, we don't have uh, any fighting chance. Like ev- every tactic, every strategy would fall flat on its face if the masses are open. but yeah. assuming that we the masses start to question it they are not open to like this kind of violence they are they are, they start to like become skeptical of such mandated violence which is where ideally we want to be before a mass movement starts just because you know people keep saying that uh, like if you only critique there is no like let's let's humor it what is the and we are also saying that you know even in a worker control socialist state we would rather not have that few people have guns to do all the violence then what is the solution like is is there a model you have in your mind of maintaining peace and stopping caste violence and stopping religious riots but not having police as an institution what is your peacekeeping mechanism crime prevention mechanism protecting the vulnerable mechanism in in your socialist society what, what do you have to say for that comrade dilip yeah i think it's a really difficult question and i think one thing that before you and talking about the solution is we have to miss how far we are from where we should ah, go we are very far i am just yeah the thing is that if we are going to a place where we are actually uh, talking about abolition of police and if we have already the consciousness to go towards that spot it also means that at the point of time of uh, you know change of consciousness we have actually uh, let go of few of the at least few of the violence that is within us in terms of caste and sex and so on and so on, so forth you know uh, race we cannot get to a point where we just say abolish police when we are deeply a caste structure as well you know it's a contradiction in terms and it it's simply to me it is at least uh, impossible to go to that point without actually but, but that point can't just be come by 
like won't come by preaching morality to people right we no, probably no, no. will have to yeah there but is I, I, i agree but the, the thing is like i don't think the, the other way around uh, as some people might claim is that people can isolatedly see that police violence is bad and state structures are problematic and then they can just immediately in their conscience make their make a decision that those things are bad and we need to abolish while staying you know like inherently violent themselves being captives uh, and uh, in other ways truly uh, perpetuating violence if i don't think that dichotomy can be that is possible either if they go towards that direction it's not simply like the 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 the, the fantasy that they have this self preservation or like you know uh the self interest that can that can actually lead them to uh, see that police should be abolished while staying literally who they are i don't think that's going to work that way at least that's that's how i see it if yes, you are going to more than like individual behavioral change what are we looking like what say institutions can be built which could replace the police if i yeah. if, if i want to like frame the question that way yeah that's it so i think one of the things that we have to truly uh, look into among others is uh, to to see mental health as a very serious issue right so when we are talking about deviances deviations or like truly appalling behavior i think one of the issues that we have to really strengthen is how we uh, build in a strong uh, mental health counseling system that's one thing the second thing is a lot of other petty theft a lot of smaller theft so uh, you know like just from uh, robbery and so on and so forth a lot of it can be at least answered through i think for partially i agree with socialist system uh, these can be answered through uh, you know uh, transforming the capitalist system these can never be answered without actually yeah, addressing yeah. the underlying systemic problem of why people are in poverty why people are kept under such miserable circumstances with lack of health care and so on and so forth so a lot of it is it's a contributing systemic factor so by addressing through uh, a large welfare measures not just through redistribution but by truly transforming the uh, you know how we see property as it is we can stop a lot of uh, violence and then what remains is either it can be violence of caste or it can be violence on uh, on the basis of uh, you know it can be either rape or uh, gender based violences and those things the hope is that we 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 as a society come together and provide support for each other uh, with uh, uh, novel institutions which can cater to mental health and then the question becomes the tougher question becomes what even after we have done all these things we have transformed the society we have transformed the property uh, relationships we have transformed uh, truly the let's say the means of production so comes under the control, control of the workers themselves and after all these things we still have a de- uh, deviances uh, left we still have violence left and how do you actually uh, you know uh, solve it or how do you address that what do you think about it well okay i have like a slightly like like slightly different point that i think that a lot of at least reduction of police power in india is possible right now i mean i agree that the overall thing you can't change without like fundamentally challenging class and caste especially you can't have that in capitalism and you need to get to a socialist phase but like the indian police has so many colonial powers inherited from the british system that you can do away with that at least that much i think is possible because 
in that sense the indian police is not even where the police of the other countries are right it's basically a system designed from ground up to prevent sedition that's the point of the indian police it's a it's a it's a colonial force which never really changed when the colonialists went away so i think that much we can start to change but yes we can start to develop organization and institution it doesn't need that all those organizations are essentially centrally or at state level but like even even organizations within people which uh, promote a mental health and mutual aid and welfare and then when socialism happens those organizations could become much larger grander yeah. and go into areas like gender violence etc so but we don't have answers i just hope that this yeah this i episode, i think i i think it's it's very important to say that uh, neither of us offer a matter of fact like a lot of other people have definite answers to this but one yes. thing i think we have to put forward is like yeah these these things all of these things require material and systemic solutions and uh, yes. there are and i think this has to be accompanied by change in our consciousness because i don't think it is we are going to get to a point uh, like poof magic uh, like social state happens every violence is gone and so on so forth. but i think to be honest i i don't think we have solutions here i don't think like there are clear but, but, but like you said most of the people in the country are still unaware that there is a problem so yeah, at least yeah. we should keep loudly saying that there is a problem and it's yeah. not a problem of a few bad cops it's a problem of the system being designed to inflict violence on people and that system has to go the yeah. only debates and the only discussions are about what is the strategical route to the abolition yeah. of that system so yeah. on that note i think we have spoken a lot on something yeah. extremely complex and we would just like people to think about it feel free to disagree with us but at least think about it because this brutality is happening on a daily basis and is happening on a lot of vulnerable people so thank you comrade dilip for that very exciting conversation yeah. uh, uh well more like i just want to uh, add that like the, however flawed you find our conversation to be of course all the conversation on police violence is going to be flawed on some level and i just think that we feel free to disagree with us feel free to say that this is not the way to go or feel free to add your own points and yeah let's have this conversation and i think to go towards where we want is to move hop from one flawed conversation to other i i think that's the way to go yes and 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 again uh, people uh, uh, dark as though these things are and the times are also pretty dark it is necessary to sort of uh, believe that you know things would be better and to try to find uh, try to find a path towards that place again history is uh, history is dependent on the actions of people history is not magic and if the actions of people have created policing as an institution then the actions of people can change that as well they can create a better reality i i i do think that is possible no matter how much time it takes so on that note uh, thank you again comrade dilip thank you audience i think we should wrap it up yeah thank you for listening to us thank you for listening to us bye bye